Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Space Talk. I'm your host, Athena Brensberger. You can also call me your in-app astronomer, and we are here to talk all about space stuff. More specifically, space parties. Woohoo! Who doesn't love a space party? So we started this ongoing series about what uh, space events more so in person at museums or uh, astronomy club meetups are happening around the world. We started with Austin, Texas last week. This week, we are going to be talking about Los Angeles, California. So if anyone is based out there, go ahead and give me a, that's me in the chat or send me an emoji. Uh, yes, Lord party. Yeah. Yeah. So, so excited. Um, and I'm also just super happy because now that there are more things that are open, uh, after about two years of a lot of things being shut down, I think we all are just so eager to, uh, you know, socialize and, and get together and, and look up at the stars. So, um, I've put together a compiling of a very long list of things that are going on in LA. And there are still more that I have yet to find because they are just, they haven't been announced yet. And so uh, there's going to be a lot of things to go over. Uh, if you ever want to recommend a city or uh, a town or a country, if you want to go that broad, uh, let me know. Leave a comment or send me a DM or uh, just find some way to contact me, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, and let me know what city you'd like to learn about next, where there are ways that you could go socialize with some, some space peeps. Alrighty, so let's go ahead and jump into our events for Los Angeles, California. So first things first is I'm going to start off with Yuri's Night. Who loves Yuri's Night? Who knows what Yuri's Night is? Give me an emoji or a something in the chat, like a me or a yes. Um, it is to celebrate the very first person who ever went to space, Yuri Gagarin, Russian cosmonaut. And uh, this was on April 12th. And so... Uh, usually that is Yuri's night. Uh, and there are different parties around the world that celebrate Yuri's night. So actually this can be a little bit more of an international moment, uh, for this episode, as opposed to just sort of, you know, one city of Los Angeles. If you go to Yuri's night.net, there is actually a, um, where is it? Events. There's a worldwide events list. If you head there and people can add their own party wherever they're hosting a party. Uh, you can upload it. There are things that people are doing all over the world. Uh, the space coast is mainly that they would say the majority of the events just because there's a lot of people there, but there's also New Mexico, Colorado Springs, uh, Mexico, like actually Mexico, not New Mexico. Um, and then there's, uh, Seattle, Washington, uh, there's a few in Mexico. So it's pretty cool. Nevada, Georgia, there's, there's a ton. And so this is a really great opportunity to go and meet up with people all of April. There are tons of Yuri Nights event going events going on mainly throughout the very beginning of, of April. So, uh, this is actually really cool. I didn't realize just how many there were happening. And if you click on one of these events, so I'm going to click on, uh, Zurich, Switzerland. It brings up a banner that, that someone had made who is hosting this party. Never mind, this event was canceled. <laughs> Darn it. Uh, let's click on a different one. Let's click on Riley's Starlight Karaoke Night in Georgia. So if you click on it, um, it has a little bit of details of how many people are viewing it, at what time it is, what location it's going to be hosted at, uh, what country is it, if it's in person or if it's, uh, remote, cause there are a lot of remote events happening. 
And uh, then, you know, of course, the date. And then a little bit about the event. This is saying we'll be having uh, an out-of-this-world karaoke along with space-themed drinks. We can't wait for you to come celebrate humanity's venture into the stars with us. So that's Riley's Starlight Karaoke Night happening April 9th at 9 p.m. Uh, I guess this is central time. Um, so, yeah. No. Time zone is New York. So, Eastern time. Uh, so go ahead and check that out. So if you guys have, you know, a city that you're in and, and you're not going to be able to make it to Los Angeles for Yuri's night or the space coasts, Florida for Yuri's night, um, maybe there's one happening in your local area. So that would be really cool. Uh, Hector Ramos, I'm aware of Yuri's night, but haven't been to one yet. Oh, you have got to be, go to a Yuri's night. Um, I've been to two so far, both in Los Angeles and it just always had such a blast. Um, it's, you know, it's fun. It's uh, more relaxed than a networking event, but there is a lot of networking that happens there. So people who want to meet each other, people who want to collaborate, there's a lot of collaboration. I think I probably met most of my like just long-term space friends at Yuri's night, nights that I've been to. So I really, really recommend going. And it's also just a great time. Uh, there's stage presentations by tons of different people in the aerospace industry that have made a difference, whether it's a company they made or whether they're an astronaut who's been to space. This year, uh, Cyan Proctor, Dr. Cyan Proctor from the Inspiration4 mission is going to be there. So excited about that. Um, I, I love her. She is a friend of mine. We finally get to officially meet in person out here in Austin for South by Southwest. So I recommend... Um, yeah, checking it out. Tickets, the reason I'm mentioning it at first is because tickets are on sale and the current general admission price is only going to be available for not much longer, uh, which is at $65. Uh, soon that's going to be bumping up to $75. So if you want to get in, go ahead, do that, sign up. All right. Uh, oh, so, sweet, sweet. Seattle, uh, Tacoma, but I'll send you a DM. Perfect. I will also screenshot that. So I have it. All right. I was going to go to Yuri's night last year, but it got canceled due to COVID. Yes, definitely go, go this year for sure. For sure. Um, there's still going to be COVID restrictions. I'm pretty sure masks are going to be, be required because that's what I'm reading for the museum that it's going to be hosted in. So let's kind of jump into the Yuri's night event specifically, the one that's in California. So I'm not even going to like read off of any like of the website or anything. So you can find all that info yourself. I'm going to kind of just talk to you about my own experience when I went. So you party under the space shuttle Endeavor. The Endeavor was the very last space shuttle to have flown to space. And, uh, it is at the California science center and the whole event happens, uh, right underneath it. There's a stage with a bunch of seats. There's a VIP section. There are, um, different booths that are set up. So tables with, uh, different people who wanted to be there that wanted to, uh, you know, purchase a space to, to share their stuff. So there are artists, there are, um, researchers who are doing like science on the international space station. And then there's a bunch of other things. There's a huge dance floor. So you do dance. There are, uh, you know, there's a bar. And so if you want to drink, there's a VIP section, as I mentioned. Um, so you could kind of go relax in a lounge. There's like really nice couches to kind of just chill out. Uh, other people too, that you could meet there, special guests that are attending. And then there's uh, other stuff throughout the museum. This is later on in the evening. I think it starts sometime around 6 p.m. Goes all the way until I think around 11 p.m. 
And um, all throughout the museum, there are some exhibits that are open uh, that you can go and just sort of explore if you want to like step away from from the party because it could definitely get very, you know, uh, uh, like busy and, and and loud. And maybe you meet someone that you want to actually talk to in, in a little bit, you know, like quieter environment, which is can happen if you're networking. So you can step away and you can like go into a different area of the museum. It's it's such a great experience. Uh, when I went, they had also a silent disco party in a totally separate room. And uh, if you have guys haven't been to a silent disco, you get a he- pair of headphones and there's a DJ and, um, there's like two, maybe three pairs of different colored headphones that are playing different genres of music. And so, you know, it's cool. You're listening to it and you're dancing and maybe, you know, you see some other people who have the same color headphones as you and you're like, Hey, we're listening to the same beat and then form like a dance circle. So really fun time. Uh, definitely, if you're looking for a party, this is it. Uh, it's all space themed. So costumes are highly encouraged, uh, highly, highly encouraged. Like you do not have to worry about going above and beyond and thinking it's too much because I don't think there's ever too much that can be done at Yuri's Night. I've probably seen it all when it came to costumes there. Um, so always really fun. Uh, what else? So the year I also was there, um, there was, uh, you know, speakers like Nicole Stott, who is an incredible, uh, astronaut. She's been to space, uh, also just recently published a book, uh, and, and, and just is doing so much outreach. She's also an artist and a, and a painter, a fine artist, and she is just so inspiring. And every time that she has the microphone and speaks, it is just so eloquently presented and, uh, sincere and genuine. And I think that really tends to move a lot of people. So I know that she's going to be at the, um, Florida Kennedy Space Center Yuri's night from what I saw on the website, but I don't think she'll be at Los Angeles, the Los Angeles one. So if you want to catch her, do that. There also was Bill Nye one year. So he got on stage and, you know, did his Bill Nye thing. Really, really fun also to catch that. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's about it. Uh, there's also usually a ton of different ambassadors. So I, I was an ambassador one year. So basically it'd be a group of like, you know, 10 different individuals who are doing something in the space industry. For me, it was my role as a science communicator, uh, really promoting outreach for STEM. And, uh, we arrived there a little early to like talk to people if they want to, meet us or chat with us or ask us questions, or we ask them questions and learn about them and we learn about each other. Uh, it's really fun. So that is Yuri's Night. So uh, I think that that's about, that's about everything I probably would mention about Yuri's Night. Uh, again, you can head to the website, find out more info. They are also partnered with um, the Zero-G flights. So they do have a an option there to purchase a VVIP ticket and also get a Go Zero G flight. Uh, in in addition to your um, actual uh, package. Okay, so that's Yuri's Night. While we're on the topic of where Yuri's Night is hosted, let's go into the California Science Center. So the California Science Center, as I mentioned, is where the space shuttle Endeavor is is. It's the home of it. So it's hosted there. I guess you could say it's hosted. Um, and it's in its own hangar deck. So really, really cool to see that up in person. If you haven't seen a space shuttle in person, um, I recommend it. It's really cool to sort of just see the materials of it, the almost like faded panels that are on it, the carbon panels, carbon, 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 uh, fiber panels, uh, that undergo a lot of that heat. So the very front and nose, I'm looking at a picture of it right now 
are all those black panels. That's what undergoes most of the heat pressure that uh, the shuttle used to undergo when re-entering Earth's atmosphere or exiting Earth's atmosphere. So seeing this, I mean, hearing about it is one thing, but seeing it in person is like really astonishing. So um, if you wanted to go on your own time, you definitely could do that as well. So I highly recommend checking out that museum. Something else really cool that I didn't see when I was there, and I, I've got to go back there to check this out, is the external tank. This was that bright orange tank that this space shuttle would be strapped to. So you have the external tank, which is the bright orange, and then you have the two solid rocket boosters on the outside. And then, of course, you have that space shuttle laying flat attached to it. Eventually, all that stuff would deploy, fall back down to Earth, and the space shuttle would go to space. Um, but this is cool. I didn't realize it was actually at this museum. So I've got to go see that in person. It's it's huge. I think just to sort of look at that and then just think about this thing lifting off completely on its own with like no crane or anything attached to it is just absolutely mind-boggling. Um, so if you wanted to go check that out also, that is in Los Angeles. You could also see what the inside of the liquid hydrogen tank looks for, known as the ET-94. And um, yeah, so, so go ahead and, and check that out. Uh, there are a few other things too that are at the museum. So if you head to the website, californiasciencecenter.org, and you click on the air and space part. So you'd go to exhibits and you'd scroll all the way down to air and space. Uh, it opens up different things. So you have different aircrafts. So let's start with that. Uh, when I was working at the Intrepid Museum in New York City, which we're going to be doing talking about next week for space events, because I probably know everything that happens at the Intrepid, or at least that used to. I'm, I'm not sure a lot of the programs have been paused because of COVID in New York and LA, uh, which is a little bit of a bummer. So hopefully they'll be picking that up again soon. But they have an A-12 Blackbird, which is really cool. This was, I think, considered to be the fastest jet that was made. And it would move at Mach 4. That is four times the speed of sound. Mach, M-A-C-H. They also have an F-20 Tiger Shark. A Northrop T... Northrop. I don't know if I said it like that. A Northrop T-38 Talon. Um, F-A-18A Hornet. So if you're into planes, uh, yeah, you just go check this out. They also have the 1902 Wright Glider, so from the Wright, Wright Brothers. Um, so <laughs> that would just be really, really cool to go check out, I, I think, as well in person. Uh, and just generally, if you're into air and space. Now, heading back to the other options, um, I'm going to go ahead and skip ahead to Stars and Telescopes because they have a really, really cool exhibit set up um, of, where did it go? Oh, I closed out of it. There we go. Setup of James Webb. So if you head down to your air and space, click on stars and telescopes. The James Webb Space Telescope is what the just launched quite recently. And it is, uh, you know, really starting to, to work. It's, it's imaging things in the sky. It is located at Lagrange point two. So that is uh, kind of far away that is between the orbit of, Mar of Earth and Mars. And it is, um, has like really great sensitive, uh, infrared equipment. We've talked about this several times. So I don't need to keep talking about that. So if you want to go check this out, they have, it looks like a, 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 an exhibit popped up 
with a ton of like the info of what it was like to build it, um, how it was manufacturing it, what uh, stuff they're going to be looking for, and a bunch of other really cool info on on the James Webb. They also have uh, some stuff on Hubble. So if you want to go check that out, let's go back to Air and Space. And of course, the Chandra X-ray Observatory. So for the Hubble Space Telescope, um, let's see. Actually, this might only be online. Here we go. The Hubble Space Telescope is on display in the gallery at one-fifth scale model. It was donated to us by Lockheed Corporation. So you can see a smaller model of the Hubble Space Telescope, which I think would be really cool uh, if you haven't really seen kind of what Hubble actually looks like. Maybe you've seen pictures of it, but I think it's different to sort of see the models uh, in person. Then the Chandra X-ray Observatory, there is also a one-fifth scale model uh, in the California Science Center, as well as a ton of the incredible photography that's come back, uh, images taken in X-ray uh, wavelengths. So if you wanted to see what that looks like as well, that is also there. As far as other things hosted by the museum, um, there are a bunch of virtual field trips right now. As I mentioned, a lot of things were kind of put on pause for um, just because because of COVID. So it's just going to be like this for a few of the other things I'm going to be reading to you guys today, also from like out of Mount Wilson Observatory and, and Griffith Observatory. It's kind of a bum deal, but fingers crossed, hopefully more things will be launched soon. But they have also have a... Uh, an exhibit that you might want to catch called uh, Journey to Space in 3D. So I haven't seen this. Um, I bet it's pretty cool. And um, I have seen a few different uh, showings like this before at museums. And it's always really great, whether it's in a dome or it's just on a flat screen. Uh, it's always uh, a really, really interesting submersive experience when it comes to what museums are doing. So that is about that. Uh, they do have the showtimes listed on the website if you want to check that out. California Science Center, if you're going to be going to Los Angeles for Yuri's Night, maybe spend an extra couple days there and um, you know go see the museum and everything else they have to offer and everything else that's open. Because during Yuri's Night, um, a lot of these things won't be won't be open. Okay, so let's move into now Mount Wilson Observatory. I have not had a chance to go to Mount Wilson Observatory, and I'm so bummed. So I'm hoping next time I go there, they'll have their stargazing nights back. So they used to have stargazing nights going on all the time, open to the public, free. It was like every Saturday or one Saturday um, a month. Uh, but right now, it looks like as if they don't have anything else because I don't see anything listed on their website. It says, stay tuned for our first star party of the year, and it's already almost April, and nothing has been published. So... Looks like they're probably putting that on hold right now. Uh, however, they do have a few other events going on. So if you head to their event calendar, so if you want to check out the website with me, um, go to events and go to the event calendar. They have something called engineering tour, which is going to be Saturday, April 2nd, and then Sunday, April 24th. And a little bit of a detailed description of what the engineering tour is. It's a special behind-the-scenes engineering tour of Mount Wilson Observatory's big telescopes, concentrating on the mechanical, optical, and electrical details of these amazing historic instruments with full demonstrations of their motion control. It'll be from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. 
they'll conduct this special behind the scenes engineering tour of their two large telescopes. Uh, so I think that'd be really interesting if you maybe have some kind of interest in the development of, te- of telescopes and the optics or in the engineering, or maybe you just think it's cool and you want to, you want to do it. Maybe, you know, it's not too serious and you, you don't want to pursue a career in it, but I think it'd still be very, um, educational, very fulfilling. Uh, the price is $75. Uh, again, that is for that full 9am to 2pm, 2.30pm tour. Um, so you will probably want to, you know, commit most of your morning to that most of your day, pack a sandwich, uh, pack a lunch and go enjoy this, enjoy this tour. Uh, I think it would be really fun. I, I would probably actually do this. I should probably plan a trip out there and I think about it. I'm going to, I'm going to bookmark this. I'll let you all know if I end up going out there. All right. Then we have the final thing for Mount Wilson observatory for their events. Are there lectures? I highly recommend going to any kind of lecture if you can, if you're catching it. Um, if there's something offered maybe at a museum in your town or a university, it's a really good way to learn the language of current practicing researchers in the field of astronomy, astrophysics, rocketry, chemistry, biology, whatever it is that you're interested in. It's a really good way to learn the lingo. Uh, when I was first starting out in, you know, my, 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 my I guess my research in, in astrophysics uh, as an undergraduate, I started going to lectures because it, it was like very challenging to, to read through a scientific journal. It's a lot of uh, tricky terminology if you're not used to it. And so this was kind of a, a way for me to start to ease into it. And then when I started to create Astro Athens and pursuing science communication, uh, I took even more of an interest in that and started going to like, oh my gosh, probably over like, maybe like 50 lectures a year, uh, was probably like the most I've done. And that was when there was like the world science festival happening in New York and the space and science festival in New York, which I'll get into next week. Next week is all about New York. And so, um, there, you know, you hear from theoretical physicists and like, it can really lose you. But I think that that is a very important thing to, uh, expose yourself to when you're learning something new about the subject and you'll start to, you know, your, your brain will start to absorb it after a while and take notes. I highly recommend bringing a notebook, uh, or bring out the notes folder on your phone. I tend to type faster with my thumbs than I can handwrite. So I'll, a lot of times just like kind of jot down things that they're mentioning and I'll like make notes to look it up later. And that's what's led me into these like, like two, three o'clock in the morning, rabbit holes of learning about quantum mechanics, string theory, and dark matter. <laughs> like that's all thanks to Brian Green um, and, and listening to his lectures at the World Science Festival. Um, I can't wait to get it to New York. Let's just do it. Let's forget about LA. No, no, just kidding. Let's finish about LA. We'll get it to New York next week. So this being said, um, there is nothing listed on the website for upcoming lectures at Mount Wilson Observatory, but there is a link to sign up for their mailing list. I am literally typing in my name right now and I am signing up for all observatory news because I want to receive that information. So if you want that info, head to Mount Wilson Observatory's website, sign up for their newsletter. I bet that they probably send people information more than they actually maybe post it on their website or maybe not, but you know, you, you might get it, uh, through, through, uh, the mail. All right. Last but not least, 
least Griffith Observatory. Griffith Griffith Observatory. Oh my gosh, such a wonderful place right in the heart of Los Angeles. So not tough at all to get to. Um, they have uh, volunteers coming from the Los Angeles Astronomical Society, Los Angeles Sidewalk Astronomers, and the Planetary Society, which is based out of Pasadena, California. That being said, I now just opened up the link for uh, the Los Angeles Astronomical Society just to see if they've got anything going on as well. Um, so definitely go to laas.org if you want to maybe be affiliated with the Los Angeles Astronomical Society, if you want to like volunteer with them, if you want to, it's a nonprofit. So uh, this could be a really good way for you to, you know, work on those communication skills. If you want to pursue more in science communication, uh, if you want to do a lot more with even just research, you're going to be presenting, you're going to have to get used to doing stage talks and, and, and basically sharing your thesis or your, or your, um, research with other peers. And so having this skill set to be able to speak publicly is really important. And the way that I worked on it was by volunteering at museums. I volunteered at the Intrepid, as I mentioned before, for two years. And that was my way to really see if I can, if how I feel uh, speaking to a crowd of people. And it was really a good way to sort of just work on like my pronunciations of things. Uh, I used to slur my words quite, quite a lot and it really helped me, um, just, just speak a little bit more eloquently. And so I really recommend that, uh, Griffith Observatory. Also, you, you know, I have friends that uh, have worked there. I'm not sure if they still work there, but they absolutely love it. Um, there are no upcoming star parties. So kind of a bum deal. I got a little upset when I saw that. I was like, no, I wanted to share star parties with you guys. Uh, what they've been having are virtual events. So we just kind of missed the last one. It was March 4th. They don't have anything listed for April. So sorry about that. I know, uh, you're probably really looking forward to me sort of sharing different things. If you head to their, uh, let's see, what am I on? I'm on their events page with their calendar. If you scroll all the way to the bottom, they have ongoing events, but all of them say there are no events scheduled. So again, thinking it has to probably do with COVID restrictions. And so, um, probably just, you know, hold off, I think for now on that. Um, but it seems like they are open at least for, you know, uh, tours and for making sure that you can, uh, still go by and have like, like a day at the, at the museum. They have a planetarium. So, uh, if you wanted to go check out those live shows, those shows are going on centered in the universe. Water is life. Life of the Valkyries, and uh, it looks like that's about that's about everything that they've got going on at the planetarium. But those show times are happening all throughout the day, so you got three different shows you can go to at the Griffith Observatory's planetarium. This is um, the Samuel Austin Planetarium, so you could definitely go look at that. At least that is definitely open to the public. Uh, as far as all their other parties, those are currently um, on pause for evening things. Uh, maybe it'll reopen. That would be really cool. The first time I went to Griffith Observatory was in the evening. Uh, I, I didn't actually know that they had the telescopes out that night. It was one of their star parties. And I got very lucky <laughs> with that. And it was able to not only see the Hollywood sign from Griffith Observatory, but was able to 
wait in line with about like 80 people to, to look at the rings of Saturn gets very busy. Uh, but it's always fun. It's fun to chat with people. You get to look through, uh, their, their t- different telescopes that they have there. Don't quite remember which ones it is. I know that they have uh, quite, quite a big refracting telescope, uh, that they, that they've got there as well. And, uh, then they also have a Tesla coil demonstration, the big talk picture, lots of, lots of things happening. So, uh, once again, that is Griffith Observatory. Um, it's again, located pretty much in the heart of Los Angeles. It's really not hard to get to. Um, I was able to like, just take an Uber there. It'd be like a, a, a 10 minute ride and then you could hike up to the top or, or, you know, get a, um, I don't know, drive up to the top if you wanted to. And a little bit of a tip, if you want to seem cool at these star parties is buy a green laser pointer. Uh, green laser pointers are so sweet because they go all the way up. When you point it to the sky, they literally shoot all the way up to the sky and you can point at the stars. Uh, visually, it's like super, super cool. Someone sees you with that. They're like, oh my gosh, that's a professional over there. So uh, I definitely recommend it. I've never had a green laser pointer at these star parties. First time I got one was like, you know, during COVID and no one was really hanging out with each other. So it was just me with myself and my green laser pointer, but that's okay. Um, so that is about everything. Um, you could also always go there, you know, again, on your own. Um, they have the, if you go to their, um, website and you click on, was it about, how did I get to this page? Um, go to their explore observing the sky they have a bunch of different tips down here. They have astronomy resources, what's in the sky and the sky report. So the sky report is an article that they talk about what is visible in the sky, uh, which we kind of talk about a little bit here on space talk. It talks about the different planets that are visible. There's also an audio version of that. Uh, also what's in the sky. So, uh, the moon, the sun, the seasons, planets, eclipses, comets, really like really, really well put together website. I have to say this is very, very nicely, nicely put together. And then astronomy resources. So Southern California astronomy clubs. Oh, this is so cool. This is super, super cool. If you want to join an astronomy club, they have, oh my goodness, a list of like, this is probably some around 80 astronomy clubs here. This is so sweet. Okay. I'm going to save all these links and share it with you all. I shouldn't have been Xing out of all these. Um, yeah, so d- definitely check that out. Andromeda Astronomical Society, uh, the Astronomical Society of the Desert. This just sounds so cool. Colorado River Astronomy Club. Uh, yeah, this is, this is awesome. Definitely check this out. Um, but that's about everything I want to share with you all. I'm going to go ahead and share all these links in the caption um, after we after I publish this episode. So thank you all so much for being here. I hope you guys get to travel to Los Angeles for, you know, I don't know, vacation slash hanging out with all these different space events and space peeps that you could possibly meet. Alrighty, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Make sure you get outside and look up at the sky, do some stargazing this week. And until next time, at Astra.